Everybody, it's the Way of Rock podcast with Jeff and Jack. We're on episode sixty-six. What do you got for us? Um, I believe uh, we discussed this earlier. I would say this is the Yasiel Puig episode, which I feel like even a couple episodes ago I was like, coming in a few we have the Yasiel Puig episode, but it has also come to my attention that it is a rookie iteration of Rick Ankiel, the. Uh, Cardinal legend. Stud, left-handed pitcher, turned center field guru. So what's going on over here? We are being inundated with the podcast mascots. I don't know if you can see the doorway, but I believe we have all of them. Which which are of the feline variety. Yeah. Well, so we have Podcat on my lap. Podcat's brother just left the room and Podcat's other brother just watching from afar. He has no idea what goes on. Yeah, he's he's normally not even really awake at this time of day. He, yeah, he's he's yeah, he's had enough. He's washed his hands of this. So, so yeah, you've had a busy week keeping the summer of live music going. Yeah, I've uh, secretly went and saw in this moment. There's a few, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to make it public that I was seeing in this moment because it's a, uh, you know, it's in this moment. <laughs> Yeah, you know, there's a few kind of spontaneous opportunities to go see live music, and uh, even when it's in this moment, if there's a few solid openers, it's really hard to turn down. Um, so I was able, in the last couple of weeks, I was able to see, uh, in this moment, that tour with Nothing More and Sleep Token. I wanted to, as silly as it sounds, Sleep Token was the band that I, I wanted to see the... Uh, the opener playing their 30 minute set. That was who I paid for admission for. Then nothing more was a fun bonus, even though I'd seen them a couple months ago. And last night, uh, Shinedown was in town, um, which was another one that I don't think really we, it, there was really never no mention of going to see Shinedown on our end. Yeah, we briefly discussed. I mean, you had just seen them with your plus one at Rockfest. Uh, as you stated earlier, you just saw them within what last fall yeah, in last Kansas City. There's there's always many opportunities to see Shinedown, and yeah, I mean, there's just didn't fall on the schedule nicely. They're gonna be here every year. Um, they are. They're either seems. gonna be here across the state or in the middle of the state. Yeah, since they seem to have found a nice home there too, or all three. Right. You know they they played. You know they 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 never stopped touring those guys. Um, and honestly, there's a couple of spots in Illinois that they, yeah, no, they're pretty close to here that they like to hit. They frequent this area quite a lot. Um, big in the Midwest. Big in the Midwest, you know. And and so it wasn't, and especially the opener was Jelly Roll, who again I I'd seen both of them not too long ago, so it wasn't on the top of my priority. It didn't seem like it was the top of anyone's priority, but the, uh, you know, it came up, so I was like, I'll go. You know, I, I enjoy the shine down. Well, tell us about in this moment first. First, before we should do that, we should direct everybody to our website. It's thewayofrock.com. That is where you can listen to this website and also shop for merch. And that merch includes t-shirts and hoodies and tank tops and whatnot. And you can use a promo code, R-O-C-K-1, ROCK1, all caps, and that'll get you 15% off of said merchandise. All you have to do is go to our website, it's thewayofrock.com, and click through to the store and do your shopping. Then come back and listen to the website. Do your shopping first. We want to make sure we get that out of the way. Yes. And then you can listen to the website. That's it's not a requirement. Like there's not a there's not a you know a code thing a, that you have a to prerequisite. Yeah, there's not a captcha. <laughs> Did you buy something? Yes. No, no. It's not like that at all. But put in your confirmation number. It here. does sustain us and allow us to do this and buy uh, fancy microphones and mixers and SD cards and. Concert tickets. Concert tickets to talk about the shows, that kind of thing. So check out our website. It's thewayofrock.com. Tell us about In This Moment, Jack. So In This Moment, um, uh, In This Moment is kind of a brief discussion because you and I have seen In This Moment a few times, and I can't, there's not really a discernible difference between a 30-minute In This Moment set and a 70-minute In This Moment set. Um. 
it kind of seemed like the only difference was they added like maybe one or two songs, but it just made the time in between songs a little bit longer. You know, Mariah has to Maria. I'm sorry. Put a pin in that. I've been calling her Maria. Then I all of a sudden I started hearing all this nonsense that is pronounced Mariah. It's not. Uh, I was going to say it might be. It's I, not. No. Um. And I I bought into it, but then you know she was like, "I'm Maria Brink," and I was like, oh, "Okay, that's good enough for so we me." We have confirmation from from the source. Okay. Yes. Good. You know they're they're very in in Shinedown's kind of like this in a way that they, they're they have the same concept but very different ways that they they do it. It's less of a, sh- a musical live show and more of a live production. It's a theatrical event. Yeah, and and that's not a, a positive or a negative. I don't think. I think it's just another way of enjoying live music. No, no, you'll you'll never see in this moment just show up in jeans and t-shirts and no, and you do won't a show. Um, and another fun fact. I this is probably one of my favorite moments of the the whole night. Cherry bombs were there, and you know we've seen the cherry bombs, and yes. they do the cherry bombs thing, and it's whatever. But the, I think the cherry bombs consist of five or six ladies, who basically they were five or six of the in this moment background uh, dancers, um, and there was a, you like they're out there doing your thing, and you're like, are those the cherry bombs? So, you know that girl has the purple hair, and that girl, and you're trying to work through it, and then they have one girl come out and do like the acrobat stuff on the where she climbs up the rope thing. Ah, yes, and you're like. Yeah, there's only one person in the building that can do that the tonight. The Soleil stuff. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, in this moment is, you know, they played, it was the 10 Years of the Blood Tour, so they kind of, it was very centered on that album. So they didn't really even play the, like, the song, the, the few songs that in, of In This Moment that I know are off of that album. I couldn't tell you what it's called, but it's the one that has the feature with Rob Halford, that 2015 album. Yes. They didn't really play anything off of that album. It was a lot of off that um, Blood album, and so I did. You know, it's in this moment, and it's Maria. Maria's a great singer. That band can can play really well, and it's 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 you know it's fun, um, but it's also at the same time in this moment. But uh, the openers, you know, nothing more brought it. I think I, I know I, I've played you nothing more here and there. And every time you're like, this is the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. I don't know if I was that harsh. It was it was surprisingly harsh for something that I didn't think warranted. Like I don't think it's one they're one of those bands that it doesn't necessarily do anything crazy for me, but it's not offensive, you know. It's it's right in that it's okay. But they do play a really good show, those guys. They bring a lot of energy. That singer can sing. Um Johnny Hawkins has a great voice and, and he's you know, one of the the better front men kind of in this modern uh, kind of era of rock that we're in. And then Sleep Token is this uh, really cool, um, I don't even know what I would, they have like elements of prog to them. They're they're more of a slow kind of, you know, seven, seven string guitars with slow music and the guy's got a really great voice. They're from uh, Britain, you know, the UK. They're all anonymous. They kind of, they all like were wearing a mask of some sort and they keep their identities hidden. So I can't uh, attribute their name or I can't say the singer so-and-so. I, mean, I don't know it. Um, but they, they have a really great sound. I, I really did enjoy their show. Um, their album. Why do you suppose bands do that? I think some of them, I don't know. The, I... It, this, this one particularly, I think, has a lot of, like, I don't know. I don't really know that much about them. I know that they kind of have, like, a, like an early ghost feel to them where it's almost like part of it's because it's theatrical, but the other part of it's because the topics of their... And not that they have, like, any, like, super satanic or anything like that, like early ghost did, but they were they're more, I think, kind of... Just, I don't even I don't even want to portray what they're I think they're because I read a few things. They seem like they're just kind of in that where they just want to stay hidden type. Yeah. Um It's audio. interesting to me. It just because since the dawn of rock and roll, it always has seemed like people, you know, dudes especially want to get into rock and roll to be for the attention. Yeah. And um and when you're when you're all masked up and nobody you know, it's not new, of course, you know, bands going back to Going back to Kiss, have have been hiding their identity and 
some of it, I you know, I think Kiss really enjoyed the the going out in public, and people didn't necessarily know they were Kiss and that kind of thing. But it it, it seems to fly in the face of the attention. Game. Yeah, and, and one thing that I will add, um, and this is not, this is just speculation, um, more than anything. But you, I think you do see it more coming out of the European regions. Yes, which I do think it's more common that like when you're kind of up and coming in the like when you're an up and coming artist in America, you don't play in America. You play in the Midwest or you play in kind of your region. But when you're in the UK and the UK is the size of Rhode Island, you can play, you know, Scotland, all all those areas, and you kind of make a name more quickly, if that makes sense. And so if you're able to keep your identities under wraps in a smaller, more condensed area like that, it might make more sense where. You can go to the pub and right. they're not like, oh, it's sleep token. Yeah, maybe. Um, it's it's just interesting. And and you've heard me say this before, and with, with any band that is very theatrical, it it always seems it, and you know, I grew up in the eighties when when all the metal bands were were super theatrical and you know, lots of lots of explosions and costumes and hairspray and whatnot. And then when the the nineties rock bands kind of took over they were very minimalist and you know, whatever Chris Cornell was wearing at the deli that afternoon, he was also wearing on stage that night. And so bands stopped doing that. There was no attempt whatsoever. It, it swung totally the other way. There, there was zero attempt at theatrics and we've, now we see a lot of both, you know, you see bands that, that are heavy in the production and, and there's still bands that just run out there in their, their jeans and, and ripped up t-shirts and whatnot. And I always think of it from a, a logistics point of view. Like if you're a young and struggling band and you've got to pack up all your gear at night and get it all out the next night and pack it all into the trailer behind your van or maybe in your van, maybe less is more. Yeah. But, so I'm always, I'm always, I'm always half impressed and half annoyed when I see, like when we saw Avatar at Pops and, you know, they're playing in front of a thousand people in a, in a, a uh, horrible nightclub. It was a great show. Don't want to say anything about Avatar, but you know, pops is pops. And forget what they do in Europe. You know, here in America, they're rolling around in their in their van and bringing in their giant Avatar letters and then putting on their their Avatar costumes and the makeup and the whole thing. And it just strikes me, like I said, part of me is like, wow, that's impressive that they're able to look at this still as like an arena show in a small, tiny setting. And then the the practical side of me is like, oh God, how annoying! <laughs> so it it just always strikes me as interesting with the bands that have, and we we've seen Ghost in tiny settings too. No, we and, have, you know, they've they've got to do the Ghost thing, and then you know, and not really have a proper dressing room or or whatever to do it in. And it's it's just always interesting to me. I will say, um, kind of to to bring it back in, they weren't wearing any. Like they like not even as far as say like an avatar where they're wearing like their circus costumes. It was more they were all wearing a morph suit and then just kind of like a black cloak type thing. So it's you know theatrical, but it's not like a right. It's not a lot like the singer had a mask on. I don't think anyone else not like complicated did. No, yeah, I think the rest of them like had just like a morph suit that had like a skull type thing kind of on the face of it. And so I do think this one is more for identity purposes i i don't know how the freedom of speech goes over in the uk but i i from what i read like i've read very little on it from but from what i read that kind of seemed like the vibe that i was i got gotcha. you getting so along those same lines of bands that have the theatrics and the costumes and whatnot did you see that judas priest played a show where they just did a minimalist i didn't see the product but i saw that that was going to happen yeah i saw the story i didn't see the actual product but those guys have been doing that for so long you don't even think about all the the well, yeah. costuming that goes on there but no i i do think about that kind of aspect as well because think of uh you know the the two ones we're most familiar with a ghost or a slipknot show where if they came out just you know ghost comes out dressed up as subvision and <laughs> you're like what's going on here you know it it is an interesting i would have you know as much as uh i'll, I'll talk about kiss in a negative way always i would have loved to have been around during the kiss period where they kind of stopped doing the kiss thing just for that few couple years i I saw them in that era and i mean 
I like Kiss. I respect what they've done over the years. It it was it was kind of weird because they still did the fire breathing and they didn't fully decommit. They just right exactly. So it was a little strange, but and plus some of their eighties stuff was was a little you know poppier. As was all of it, <laughs> right? But uh, but yeah, it was it was it, it was it was kind of strange. I guess it would it would be strange to go to a Slipknot show and they're all just you know yeah, just like Corey does on one of his solo shows. Corey, if Corey was doing Slipknot in normal Corey attire, that'd be hilarious because he has his. <laughs> goofy hair and he just wears a t-shirt and no yeah it was a good show you know um in this moment that i i do want to shed a lot of light on how good those musicians behind her are i think like all five of them individually are very very good at what they they do they're a very good band they they do have that kind of over-processed over-produced sound that they do I don't, I don't dig as much no and i in they're kind of one of those bands i think they're similar to not quite to the extent of the way that we view shaman's harvest but i think they're kind of the same way where we've seen them so many times that now it's just like okay right you know this is what it is it'll be fun it, it'll as long as it doesn't drag on too long we oh, can interesting all- trivia you remember the first time we saw it in this moment and they were a side stage band at one of these festivals and shine down I don't even know if Shinedown was the headliner. No, they weren't because that was a Godsmack year. Gotcha. Okay, so then Maria Brink came, came out. out for saying, yeah, no, yeah. I brought that up last night. That was a, a fun... Because especially the current product of Shinedown, th- that's like almost unheard of. Right. Um, And so that was, yeah, that was a funny little thing that I remembered. I wish, uh, I wish they could do something like that again because they don't even play Devour in the set list anymore, which makes me sad. But yeah, that was that uh that was that in this moment show. Um Shine Down, uh starting off with uh Jelly Roll, who I saw. I don't want to talk too much about Jelly Roll because I don't have really anything new to add that we didn't talk about in the Rockfest episode. But what I will add, other than again being blown away just how popular he is, again, it felt like the headliner was playing when the day like it's daylight and you're like, there's so many people here. Yeah, that's um, fascinating to me. I, I, I kind of would like would have liked to have just seen that scene. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it wasn't. I, I kind of mentioned to you earlier, it wasn't to the extent of say like uh, the Point Fest where the Urge played before Bush or anything like, or uh, the Seether and Live Year, where everybody left after, and then it was the headliners playing to nobody. It wasn't anything like that. I mean, you know, Shine Down still pulls, but there was you could tell like a group of country people there that. They were there for Jelly Roll, and they left right away. And Jelly Roll does this fun thing where it kind of breaks into um, a little keg party medley thing. Um, and this is kind of the highlight of his performance. He's doing his medley. They're playing Smells Like Teen Spirit, Bulls on Parade, um, a few country songs. I don't know. But one of the fun ones that they did was they busted into 99 Problems. And do you know who uh, rapped 99 Problems? I do not. Zach Myers from oh, no Shinedown way. came out, uh, you know, in his pre-show gear, just wearing a hoodie and shorts and a hat or something. And, you know, I hear it. I'm like, that's... And I, I'm i trying to look and see if it was Zach Myers. I'm like, that looks like Zach Myers. But I thought it could also have been the opener that I hadn't seen because it's not like Zach Myers is super... Could have also been a random kid. Yeah, you know, Zach, <laughs> Zach Myers is a generic-looking guy. Sorry, Zach, but... He's also very short. Yeah. And, uh, but I thought that was really fun, because, you know, it's Zach Myers doing 99 Problems. But, uh, yeah, that was, that was the, the Jelly Roll opening experience. Again, it was, it was, it was fun. People loved it. Um, not really my thing when he breaks into the more country rap stuff. Um, his one rock song or at least the one that uh, gets radio play, I think is a fine song. I do think he's one of those guys that um, whenever they play a song live, it has a little bit more, you know, his, his band, he's got a good band behind him. Um, and, and you can tell that despite the direction that they are, that they go in, the band's kind of more of a metal oriented group of guys. And so they, when they play like those rock songs, like that drummer, he, he, he utilizes his double kicks and a lot of stuff like that. So it's it, it's a fine show. 
and then Shinedown comes out, and I, I've been thinking about this because I, I, I don't want to be negative towards Shinedown. And so I'm, I'm trying to, like, the way that I, I, I see it, I, I do want to disclose this. I do have mild FOMO, and I will go see Shinedown every year. <laughs> like, as it, everything that I say about Shinedown cannot be taken seriously because I'll be back next year, right? And I don't really think there's anything like necessarily inherently negative about the current product of Sh- like their album that just came out. I don't think either of us were too keen on, but then when they played the few songs off of that, um, except for the one like piano ballad or, or, or one or two of those, the, the rock songs off that album, when they play live, they rock it up. And that's well, they do do that. that Even is- their songs that aren't necessarily as heavy on a record. They, yeah. they heavy them up live. And one thing that they do more now, and it's kind of an interesting dynamic, because as they've became, I don't want to say less of a rock band, but they've, in like their records, I mean, it, it can't be debated that the last three records are heavier than like Sound of Madness and Amaryllis, right? And that's not a hot take. But as they've released these albums that, you know, take a step back. They have their cut the chords and their d- devils and, and and whatnot. They've added more elements where like Zach does a lot of screaming now, which is a weird, you know. The, um, trying to think of what songs they do it on. I know, enemy enemies is one. Um, there's one earlier on in the set that I. It's one of their bullies. One I think that's one. Of, um, Diamond Eyes gets one, but Zach does a lot of it. They give him like one of those Adam Gantier-esque distorted mics, and he right. he does a lot of screaming into that. And you know, again, it is a really good show what they put on. Um, they didn't even play State of My Head, which made me so happy. They did play How Did You Love, so I had to sit through that. <laughs> but there was no State of My Head. Um, there was an absurd amount of lighting. The entire time I was like, it was one of those shows where like the lighting rigs would move all around. Um, they didn't just set it and say, here's your lighting. You know, they're dropping, they're moving up and down. It's it's a whole thing. The video wall moved over. Um, it was it, it was it, like it's it's a different experience than it was say when we were in the pit for Shine Down in 2013, right? All those all those times. It, it is a different. Show, but at the same time, it's despite like again, despite the songs that I don't agree with, it it's a great show. And one thing that I did really want to mention, and I think this is a interesting kind of topic just in general. When there's a band that's been around for a while, like Shinedown, you know, like you you see those four guys, and I and I think it's easy to forget that all those guys do is play music for the most part, and so they're just naturally going to get better right at music and you don't like see it because you just know that they're already good at music but like especially barry kirch back there on the drum set he's a phenomenal drummer i don't know if he's always been a phenomenal drummer but i was watching him last night i was like that guy's great you know and he's the one member of it's kind of the reverse corn effect like everyone at corn looks like they belong in prison except for uh ray <laughs> everyone in shinedown looks like they could be your church counselor and then Barry's back there. He say he still has the dreadlocks and he's doing the whole thing. But you know, all I mean, all of those guys are great musicians. Zach's one of the, I think, one of the more iconic guitar players of these last couple of years. Eric is the utility guy. He's doing, uh, he's playing the guitar. He's playing the bass. He's playing the the little thing that does the sound effects. He does the uh, piano now. Yeah, and they're not only great musicians, but. But they're such great performers too. I mean, yeah. Brent is a, a fabulous frontman. Yeah, and I didn't get started. You know, Brent has one of the best voices I think of, uh, like a musician that's that's been around in my lifetime. Brent's up there as, and you can tell that he he has some level of theater back, background, or maybe even um, you can t- definitely tell that they started as a Christian rock band, like. They don't sound like a crit, but they just right, have that core right. in them where everything's so positive and you know, and, and that's one of the reasons, you know, you go to those first albums. Everything was not positive. You know, those album the Oh, there's some dark songs those, on those albums. Those Save Me forty five songs. Like right. those are dark, dark songs and 
you know, uh, I take it someone's happy now and right. there we get happy songs and that's, a, that's obviously a good thing. Um, and so it's fine, but you know, just all four of those guys, they, they, they perform and they played nearly two hours last night. That was one thing. Oh, that that's good. They played basically from nine to 11. They base uh, they probably finished sound of madness at like ten fifty eight. They, they played the full, the full two hours, which was, I, you know, I wasn't expecting that doesn't happen. No, that doesn't anymore. happen every day anymore. Uh, one thing that was fun, you'll like this, maybe. Uh, they gave Brent his little break, and Zach and Eric did an acoustic uh, cover of Don't Look Back in Anger by Oasis together. Really? Just, you know, both of them got acoustic guitars out. I think Barry was had like a tambourine or something back there. He's like who did, doing... Who did the vocals on that? They they switched off. Interesting. They uh, they they switched off and did the, the verses, and then they brought out Jelly Roll to do The Simple Man. Um... Jelly Roll didn't do a lot of singing in the sim. There was like one part that I was trying to record it that I was just trying to get both of them, and it looked like Jelly Roll was just like waiting to go in, but then he was he didn't know when to go in. <laughs> but then I I ended up getting one of a little bit later where they kind of switched off. But you know, it was it, again, it was a great show. They played three or four songs off the new album. They 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 they, they spread the love. They you know they. Don't play as much as the old stuff. You're not going to hear "Fly from the Inside" anymore. You're not going to hear uh, "Save Me" and "I Dare You" or, um, you know, you you hear "45." That's kind of the only one. From heroes. You're not going to hear heroes. Yeah, no anymore. heroes. That's too um, bad. They limit the stuff. You know, there's not going to be if you only knew, if you only knew. Not like you know, it's the set list has progressed, which yeah. is a natural thing that happens. But as someone who's you know, we've been seeing Shine Down for nearly what a year 14 years now right 13 years so we've seen a lot of different iterations of that set list where there's you know and it's it is unfortunate to see some of those really good ones uh get taken out but again that's the natural progression of uh musicians so it's not it's not too offensive Um, yeah you know you you it's it's that it's that damned if you do damned if you don't thing you don't want to just become a jukebox that yeah. doesn't put out music and only plays their hits for the rest of their being. You like that a band is still thriving and putting out new songs and, and working. But like you said, then you, then you miss those out of the set. Yeah. And, and that's kind of like, I think the, the, yeah, uh, the overarching theme of this whole thing is that there we go. That's like two times in a row for you. It really is, and I turned off the other phone and and left that one going. Yeah, when you have seven phones, you can't keep them straight. But the I think the overarching like theme that I felt the entire time is that we've seen you know I don't know how many times I've seen Shine Down. It's in the double digits now. We've seen the old versions enough times that I think it's very it's 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 almost okay that you know they have this new one where. It's going to be a huge spectacle, and there's a lot of stuff, and they're going to play an intro video, and between every song, they're going to do a little, you know, they could have probably added another three songs had they just cut down the stuff in the middle. I know that was a thing yeah. that we watched a few times ago. You know, that's kind of just the modern shine down now, and it's it's the same thing kind of happened with Ghost the last time we saw them. It's just a different experience right. now, and I... Yeah. These bands get bigger and bigger and yeah, keep it, releasing music that's, you know, a, a pretty far step from their early stuff. And yeah, it's, it's just going to, they've got all these new fans. And and you can tell that they're still trying to stay to, like, like I, like I said earlier, as their music releases and they've, they're becoming less heavy, it's you can tell that they're making an effort while playing to, you know, bump the distortion up a little bit more and Zach's yeah. doing his screaming and... They're trying to make it where it's there's moments for everything. I I think they do a great job at that. It's funny um, too the the crowd that a shine down or a ghost will get now that they've got more of this mainstream popularity. And I noticed this at a shine down show several years ago. I I'm sure I said something at the time, but they have such a, a crossover audience where they bring in the pop fans and yeah. country fans and you know, people that, that probably don't go to shows very often and people that don't go to shows very often, you, they stand out. out. Yeah. They stick out like sore thumbs. 
they're they're always in the way they they drink way too much they don't know how to get through the lines they don't know how to get through the entrance it's i get it you don't do it all the time so you're not necessarily prepared i will say a little public service announcement if you only go to one show every three or four years you don't need to drink every beer on the premises you know just sit back and enjoy the show it's it's fine and I always compare those kinds of crowds that get that crossover audience. Like you're not going to run into those things at like a Slipknot show. No, only Slipknot fans are going to that show, assuming they can get the okay from their probation officer. And they they know the drill. They go in. They they see Slipknot. They they're not in your way. They do the thing, and then they go home or back to their halfway house. I'm not sure what what they do after their shows. But these are all jokes. I love Slipknot fans. Yeah, we've we've seen Slipknot uh, <laughs> a few times. We we're allowed to make these jokes. But they're they're not necessarily there for their one night out where they they got a babysitter. Let's yeah. be honest, Slipknot fans don't have custody of their own kids. <laughs> no, I, I can keep making these jokes all day, but I'll stop. Um, but no, it's just a, it's a different kind of crowd vibe than you get. And I, I've never really been to a country show. I assume there's somewhat of a vibe like that. that oh, I'm sure. Yeah. It's, it's their one night out and by God, they're going to, you know, let it all out. And it's funny you, you bring that up because there's something, it was when I, I think it was whenever, it might've happened during Evanescence, but it was even more so last night because, you know, Shinedown likes to do it, but Jelly Roll also did it. But the moment in the the show where you, you where Brent tells Carter to turn the lights <laughs> down, and he has everyone pull their flashlights slash lighters out, which you know, I remember my first time. Like I'm sure Shinedown did it at that at the when I saw them in 2009 when I was a little little lad. I don't remember that. The first time I remember that happening was a few years later when Seether tried to do it during a point fest. Yes. And I was in the pit for that, so I was able to turn around and see all of it. And you know It's an impressive sight. Well, yeah, when you're when you're eleven and that's the first time you're singing and you're in the pit, it's a really cool thing. After that, I I appreciate it, but it doesn't impress me anymore, right. right? But every time you go to a show, it's someone's first time seeing that. Yes. And they like they're like, Oh my God. <laughs> all right, that's not me. That's right there. Oh, it is, it me. is right you. Carry on. <laughs> I apologize to our audience for not and, being prepared for this show. And so it, it's always funny whenever, like, whenever he did it last, when Jelly Roll did it, there was like a person around us, and it was everyone's first show for Jelly Roll. It, it, they were like, oh, he, sh- he should have played longer. I'm like, well, there's a, t- you know, there's a schedule. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were like, wow, that looks so cool. It's like, I saw that a month ago. <laughs> You know, uh, and so it is funny when you like as someone like there's not many people my age that have been to the amount of concerts that I have. I'm sure it's it's a it's a small list. There's probably not many people like of any age, really, because, I mean, we go to we go to shows a lot and we see the same faces. Yes. at, At shows we have been for years. We point them out. We're like. Oh look, it's someone. Even if we don't know that person's name or have never spoken yes, to them, bandana guy, bandana guy. You know, our, our friend Ralph. We do know his name. Um, you know, we see these reluctantly. We see these same folks at at shows throughout the year, and so there really is kind of a small community of people who just go to shows, and then there's the people that they they just wait for their favorite band to come around, or or the people that their favorite band comes around and they don't even know that they're in town. There's that too. And that fascinates me. When we saw Corn a couple weeks ago, I can't tell you how many people I've spoken to that are like, Oh my God, Corn was in town. It's like, yeah. 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 If, if you're that into them, why, why don't, why don't you know? And I, I guess, you know, people, people grow up and they get out of that. I don't, I don't know. They get out of that mode and, but it's, again, I just never did. It, but, but I think about it like, and again, part of that's just because of the way that I use the the internet and things like that. If there's a show coming, it I see advertisements for it nonstop. Oh yeah, like I saw corn ads up until corn. I, I I get email ads about the Testament show in Kansas City. And they're like, you got to come see. I am not not there. Yeah, the but, emails I I you know I follow I, all of the venues. So even 
venues that are two, three, four hours away from here I follow because a band like Lacuna Coil, we're going to go see in a couple weeks up near Chicago because they're not coming here, but I follow that venue. Yeah, that's in, um, that's a funny, I'll bring up a funny little side story here. The other day, Hailstorm posted their touring information, like their tour dates, and I saw that they had a St. Louis one at the very beginning. And I completely forgot that they were playing Point Fest and that I was going to see Point Fest. So then I was like, oh, you know, Hailstorm's coming with uh, New Year's Day in the Warning. That'll be a, a, a cool show. But I was like, I didn't know that Hailstorm could play the uh, amphitheater in a headlining show. And I was like, oh, that's Point Fest. I'm already going to that. <laughs> yeah, I actually went down to Springfield last week to see the Black Moods, which we do quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a tradition. Seemingly. But we saw we saw a band called Troy. Yeah, that, the, uh, what is it? The reality of your th- the reality of yourself. It's an acronym. It's an acronym. Um, and it turned out that they they've been kicking around Springfield, Missouri, for quite some time, and kind of have that that kind of southern rock sound to them. Their lead singer, and I wish I'd done the research to get his name. We found out he's the current bass player for Shaman's Harvest. Who, during that Rockfest episode, I spoke very highly of. Yes, he's got a fantastic voice. I, I have having not seen Shaman's Harvest in the last couple of years, I, I wasn't aware of that at the time. Even you know until, I mean, I think the show was going on before someone told me this. Um, and then you sent me a picture, and I was like, oh yeah, that's the bass player. Yes, which I I, I never posted any of that stuff from last week up online. I'll have to do that um, before the before the show. We were in the back of the venue, kind of hanging around with with the bands, and he was kind of in our group of of people we were chatting with, and we sat out there and chatted with him for a while. Had no idea who he was or or what his role was in in any of these bands, and turns out he's got just a fantastic singing voice. Yeah, the guy great, can sing. Great southern rock sound. Um, I just saw that they're playing another show in Springfield. I don't know if they get out of Missouri very much. Um. Talking to some of the people at that show, it sounds like they've played up in our area many times over the years. I it was the first time I'd ever heard of them. But but yeah, give that give them a listen. It's Troy, T-R-O-Y, all caps, because it stands, it's an acronym. If you just look up Troy on Instagram, that's not them. It's some band in the UK. They're 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 called the reality of yourself, but good band. They've kind of changed their sound over the last few years. I guess they they were more kind of a generic rock band a few years back and now they've got that more of a southern rock flavor to them fantastic live though great players um the the lead singer who again is the bass player for shaman's harvest currently plays guitar in this band and he trades off leads with the lead guitar player the guitar player to bass bassist yes. in a band pipeline it is which you know, I was and I think about that. What a score that is for Shaman's Harvest. You know, you 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 find this this local guy, um, in the state, and you're able to you know he plays guitar in his band. You're able to get him to be your bass player, but now you also get the added bonus that he's now kind of your primary backup singer. Right. And, yeah. You know, he can take a lot yeah, load. Their their old bass player really didn't provide too much vocals. No, he, if I remember correctly. No, it's it's mostly been the um both the guitar players kind of were the guys but it was like hat would be kind of like whenever they need someone to like do a hum into the microphone right he would be like him and the he would add on but it was mostly the other guy would do most of the um actual background vocals but now they those guys are able to trade off and like i said this you know that he's got a great voice i wish i do wish we knew his name that um I would have. Yes, I should have done more I, research. I would have looked it up had I known we were going to talk about them. But uh, yeah, um, if they're ever in the area, I would like to. Uh, I like. I don't know if I can travel to Springfield for them, but I, I'll see them if they're in the. <laughs> well, we can't that day because we we've got a we've already got an event. So are they coming back on already? And we know when they're, it is. They're coming to Springfield. But oh, yeah. I, they you know local bands down there. They probably play down there once a month. Oh yeah, I'm sure. But. Yeah, that was my my little contribution to our our summer of live music. Coming up though, we've got the uh, oh god, there's a lot coming up. I can see the initials: Texas Hippie Coalition (THC). Yes. yes, when's that? That's Sunday night. Sunday night. So we will be checking that out next week. We've got Testament, Exodus, and what's the other band on that bill? Death Angel. Death Angel show. 
The Bay Area Strikes Back The Bay Area Strikes Back Tour. We'll be seeing that next week. And then the week after that, we've got the long-awaited Alice in Chains Breaking Benjamin um, Bush and Plush show. Yes. So that's that's coming up. That'll be a fun one to see. We finally get to see Bush after leaving after the urge. Oh, and and then just two days after that, we've got Lacuna Coil up in Joliet. Yeah, it's going to be a busy little fall. I know. And then (laughs) we're... We're going to try. I don't know if we're going to be able to pull this off. I'm I'm 99% sure we will be able to. Apocalyptica in Colorado. Apocalyptica in Colorado. That'll be like the night after the aforementioned hailstorm, highly suspect Papa Roach point fest here in St. Louis. So I get to see uh, the highly suspect album drops in as we're recording this on the 6th. This drop, it drops on the 9th. So um, I guess that's on Friday. I feel like when we get back from Colorado, we've got a, a early October show, but I could be imagining that. I do think we have a few in the October. Yeah. I feel um, like there's another another local thing that just popped up. Oh, I know what it is. You're not going. Uh, Dirty Honey and Dorothy. Oh, yes. Dirty Honey and Dorothy. We've got that. And then there was something just announced. That- uh, you're thinking of Ginger, I think. Yes, you ginger um, and also sponge. I don't know how much you're into sponge. I don't think Olaf as it currently stands, I wouldn't go see Sponge. But yeah, maybe I might sponge have I might have to do a solo show. I've been wanting to see Sponge since the nineties. Sponge who was at uh the Wayback Point Fest that you wanted to see and you just yeah. didn't have it in you. Yeah, we 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 couldn't go for whatever reason. No, we were at that point fest. We set it up, but then we just didn't want to stay. Uh, oh, maybe that's it. Yeah, because it was a work was, day. That was the same one that uh, what's his face from that annoying band kept being in my way. <laughs> yes, Josh Todd. Yeah, no, this one, this is a, this sponge show is going to be down at Off Broadway, down in um, okay. South City. So a good venue for a band like that, I think. Okay. So that'll yeah, we've got we've got plenty of shows that we uh you know yeah there is that period where kind of it, it's like. July, I think, kind of slows down. I know I saw Rockfest that month, so maybe that doesn't count. But like, it feels like near the end of the summer, the end, like middle, mid July to mid August, it kind of seems like a more dead period. There's a few, but there's not a lot. But then once September kicks in, there, it feels like there's. Yeah, it's bang, bang. Especially since the pandemic, where every, all anyone wanted to do was tour. Like last September, I mean, I went to so many shows last September. And we got to fit in that Jim Jeffries show, too. <laughs> we do. Which I drove by that venue uh, about a week ago, and, and they had the, the electronic billboard out. And I was like, is that oh, at, yes. Is that at the Stiefel? It is at the Stiefel, whatever they're calling that these days. I think it's called the Stiefel. It might be, yeah. I, they, they, it, everybody's got this in their town. The, the sponsorship for these places changes every two, three, four years or whatever, and then you, you have to go by the new name or not. And... I that that place was Keel Opera House for that's what know, it was forty some odd years. See, I know it as the Peabody Opera House. That's yeah, what it was and, and then my life. you know they changed their their name to 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 whatever is getting you know. I will say, um, it seems it does seem though that uh, Hollywood Casino has that one locked down because that used to be the Verizon Wireless. Oh, that's uh, been ten things. I know it's been a bunch of things before that, but it seems like it's been. Uh, Especially now that they they also Hollywood Casino, you know, it's right next to the Hollywood Casino. It is, but then they also have the Hollywood Casino in uh, Amphitheater in Chicago. I think they do. They, you know, they, they have do. a few yes. of them. It seems yeah, like they, they kind of have that locked down. I was for trying the, to think for if the foreseeable uh, future because St. Louis Music Park, which sits in between the casino and the amphitheater, they're their own. I think they're owned by like the city or something, so they don't have a yeah a sponsored name. I think they are. I think they're still. Like there's still, uh, you know, you know when you go to, it's it almost still feels like the pageant and Delmar Hall connection because like you know how they have their uh, big billboard that has all the shows, right? They also have one of those for the St. Louis. They music do, and I shows. think Live Nation has a hand in the the actual shows, but I think yeah, the sure venue they, itself, you know, is I, owned by the city. I think you're right, because um, that was a I remember when that was a big thing being built, but I, it does almost it still feels like. Well, speaking of that place, I I almost forgot because it was kind of a forgettable night, but we went and saw Jack White there. You last did. Week. You saw Jack White, and he didn't play any songs, and you couldn't record it. Right. I'm sorry. He didn't. Play, he played songs. Well, Jack White. First of all, they used the the yonder bag for people to put their cell phones in, so you can't use your so cell. I don't phones. know how that works. So what they do is they have this little um, 
black pocket kind of but you, you, you slip your phone, your phone into. with you you do keep oh. your phone with you i know i was i was more i was more interested in how they worked instead of the actual you know but you you slip your phone into the bag and then they lock it they've got like an electronic lock and then you they give you a card if you need to get into your phone for any reason you can go to one of these little stations to unlock it or one of the employees of that and they'll unlock it for you and you can use it outside of the show Okay. So that keeps that keeps people from using their phones inside the show, which some artists find distracting. I that's fine. You know, I I don't know if it's that. I, Jack White strikes me as a prima donna. No, like, I th- to I the think, highest degree. I think it's like common knowledge that that's the case. Probably. And that being said, the fact that he's such a prima donna really took its toll on that show. Um, it was like. Okay, I'm, I I know that I'm not the biggest Jack White fan in the world, so there's a lot of music he's got out there that I'm not familiar with. It's not like he was heavy on the music I'm not familiar with and peppered in a few hits. There were no hit. It reminded me back in the day, Neil Young used to be notorious for not playing any songs that people knew, just because he wanted to be a jerk. And it kind of struck me, Jack White was all that whole show, the production. Everything about it struck me as Jack White wanting to show us how cool and important he was instead of just entertaining a crowd. So I don't follow Jack White's career really at all. Is the White Stripes, has that been done for a bit? Oh, it's been done for years, yeah. So, I mean, many, many years. Okay. Um, He had his, he did the the Raconteurs, um, the Dead Weather. He he kind of messed around with that. I knew he had all those things. And then he's put out you know, three, four, or five solo records. I guess he has to stay busy since Meg's in Rush now. <laughs> right. <laughs> that would be the greatest. Um, so yeah, he's he's been busy. He's released music. He's released music that I've enjoyed. I, I feel like the guy is a musical genius. Oh yeah, clearly. Um, fantastic guitar player. He's He's got a, you know, such a basis in the blues. He, he He's very eccentric, which I also will excuse. But... All of that gets in the way of just having a fun show. There was like no fun being projected. Yeah, no, and I, I, I'm sure that's true, but I do have one way of looking at it, and this only works for like one example. But you, you do say that Jack White's probably a musical genius, and I probably agree with you. Do you think it, like, how much do you think it upsets Jack White that of all the great, like, everything that he's done, the one thing that is going to live on forever is... Seven Nation Army. I feel like that has to drive him crazy. It probably does, and it, it it probably makes him more money than all of his other stuff combined every year. But because he is the way he is, it probably just makes him crazy. It's like if you like, I mean, you know, Seven Nation Army. It's a great song to play at like the baseball game, and it works for that. But like as a song, it's a very simple, you know, right. And I'm sure that just, you know, as a guy like him who. You know, I think of some of his more, even staying in the realm of White Stripes, but in the realm of just more musically diverse uh, things like uh, Conquest is one that I know that is is a crazy song. Icky Thumps, you know, is just him jamming in a Led Zeppelin-esque. Right, yeah, there was none of that. Or, there, was no, uh, and, there was no Wild Orchid, which might be my favorite White Stripes song. Um, the Hardest Button to Button. The, their first hit, Fell in Love with a Girl, there was none of that. The only White Stripes song... And this was after we left. We looked at the set list afterward. Um, looks like the only one was Seven Nation Army. So he did play he Seven did Nation play Army. He did play it, yeah. Okay. But like even that, like I can just see it where he starts playing it and everyone starts cheering and in his mind he's just like, here we go. Now I will say, I, I might be one of the few people that, that really was kind of bored by that show because the Jack White super fans were into every word. Oh yeah, I'm sure the Jack White super fans are. So they probably got their money's worth and were very happy and, you know, more power to them. I, I myself was just kind of bored. I'm sure it. And, and I'll full, and I'm, I'll admit I'm a casual when it comes to yeah, Jack White. I was going to say, and I think there is a specific tier of shows that are like that. Like I think of, like I think Tool is probably a great example of that. I could probably go see Tool and like even as much as it's Tool in the they do that they're not going to play sober they're going to play this 17 minute song from Opiate that right. you've never heard before 
like I think that I would just the way that my brain processes music, I would be very into it the whole time. Right. There's a lot of people that if I took them to a tool show, they'd be like, "What Maybe, the hell?" Uh, you're right. You're right. And and I take it to even uh, simpler, more simple terms than that. Think of the most recent Slash show we saw. Yeah. We were into every song. You know, there wasn't a bad moment of that show, but a casual Slash fan might have shown up wanting to at least hear like Paradise City or something. Yeah. And, and there were no Guns and Roses songs that night. And so it, I think of it in those terms. I, I was probably that fan at the Jack White show going, oh God, play something I know. So I, I get it. You know, I'm not, I'm not down on Jack White for the performance he put on. Although it really did seem like there was no fun to be had. Like he's, he's just such a serious guy and that, that really conveys itself in the performances. And you're like, Oh God, can you at least, you know, crack a joke, do something to let me know that you're enjoying your time up there. But there was none of that. So got a few minutes left. I just wanted to touch on this Taylor Hawkins, um, concert tribute. Tribute concert. Yes. That we watched the other night, which wasn't really on my radar. No. I knew it was happening, but I wasn't sure when. I didn't know it was being televised at all. Um, but we showed up at somebody's house and they had it on. And it was just kind of a day long, like a six hour event that whoever televised it just showed it uncut. There was like, you know, no commercials, no, no cutting away to announcers or anything weird like that. It was just the show, which was very cool. Yeah, I didn't watch the whole thing, but I watched uh, a few clips here and there. I I think it's a, a cool thing that was able to happen. One thing, uh, to go into that, I meant to bring this up earlier. Part of the Shine Down doing um, kind of little jams in between each song, one of them, Eric and, and Zach, did a little Everlong kind of intro together. Oh, that's like cool. They, it it wasn't anything more than when Zach played uh, <laughs> the beginning of Outshined. Outshined, like it was the same. They kind of played the riff and faded to black, and that was it. But um, Zach was one of the most ultimate teases ever. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was kind of that they did they did a little thing like that, and I imagine I was you know, that made me think. I do imagine that Shine Down was a kind of band that was asked to be at that and then probably but they were yeah. out they were on of course they were on tour so they they weren't able to make it happen yeah you could um, t- you could tell it was a lot of people that that taylor was a fan of and that that dave was clearly a fan of like the guys from rush were there they did a little bit of rush um the there was like wolfie being there i think they're just boys maybe because, you know, Wolfie's obviously a newer artist, so it's not like somebody Taylor would have looked up at, although I'm sure he was a huge Van Halen fan. It, it was funny that uh, Taylor's son came out, his 16-year-old son came out for a song or two, and he was wearing Van Halen board shorts. And Josh Freeze, who was also playing drums earlier in the day, was also wearing Van Halen board shorts. So there was a huge Van Halen vibe there, which was kind of cool. Speaking of which, I, I looked at, because uh, I saw josh freeze's instagram pop up and it looks like he's a drummer in a bunch of things i don't know if that's just studio work or, or yeah he's what. one of those go-to guys that but get picked up on tours the first, and whatnot. the first name on his list was a perfect circle yes which i didn't know yeah i don't know if he's like an official member of that band but i don't know if maynard lets anyone i know he's the, toured uh, with them he's toured with the offspring speaking of a perfect circle um billy howardell's album came out i've given that a few listens and it's experimental it's not um you know it's it's kind of a slower, kind of a, a kind of a slower. I don't necessarily want to put dark on it, but like one of those kind of dark, slow album type things. Uh, I've only given it a few listens, but I do like Billy Howardell's work. So I just figured I'd mention that. Now we're on the perfect circle talk. Well, we're not really. We're talking about. <laughs> well, yeah, I know, but uh, you know, we got to a perfect. <laughs> you remind me of the 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 most recent Rogan podcast where they were talking about something, and then they switched to cars. And Brian Callen goes, well, speaking of that, I'm my special. And Joe goes, we're not speaking of that. We're talking about cars because <laughs> they like to give Callen the, the work. Well, yeah, um, they, they must. But yeah, that the, they brought out a bunch of different drummers. The little girl that that did the the drum off with with Dave Grohl a few be- months back on social media. She was there. She did a couple songs. Um, they brought out Travis gosh, Barker. Travis Barker. Yeah, he played a couple songs. Dave, the first song they played, the first Foo Fighters song they played, 
I think it was times like these and, and Dave was out there by himself doing the, the opening vocals and just teared up and, and actually had to, to pause. So that was a, a rather emotional moment for that. Then later on, they brought out Taylor's son for My Hero, and he is 16. Looks like he's about 11. Yes. And just beats the drums to death. Oh, yeah, he, he can play. So, yeah, that, that was fun to see. He came out there and just beat the drums to death for a minute. And then, of course, they, they closed with Everlong. Oh, Paul McCartney was out there for a song. Uh, Chrissy Hine from The Pretenders was out there. And I felt a little bad for Paul McCartney. Paul's 80 years old. So any criticism anyone has of Paul McCartney at this point is, come on, the guy's 80 years old. That being said, I I felt bad when he was trying to sing the songs. And everybody I was with was like, oh my God, he sounded amazing. And I was like, no, well, it's amazing that he's out there at 80 years old singing and playing his bass. Yeah, but he didn't sound good at all. Yeah, I think in, in Paul McCartney, he's one of those guys that he'll always have kind of that immunity where... Oh yeah, yeah. A lot, of, a lot like I'll, most people don't have the even the little amount of musical knowledge that we have. Most people don't even have that. And so, like when there's an eighty year old again, I haven't even seen the uh, Paul McCartney. But if if there's a eighty year old Paul McCartney out there not doing a great job, a lot of people aren't even going to like notice that. You're right. You're right. You know, the, and he's Paul McCartney, and just his presence is enough. And I'm sure at Wembley Stadium in London, you know, Paul McCartney, again, his his presence is more than oh, enough. Oh, yeah. But he was he was having a rough time with it. And I totally, again, the man is 80 years old, so he's already ahead of the game just being out there. So I'm not going to criticize any of that. But I did kind of feel bad that he was trying to, he's trying to do this thing that he's been able to do flawlessly his entire life. And now he just, you know, he can't do it. And I that that just makes me feel bad because you know one of these days we're not going to have Paul at all and you know in that yeah oh you know another and I haven't even clicked on this yet I just saw that it happened um, because I came in rather late to the show the other day but them crooked vultures reunited yes and um I'll have to go find the video of that too because I, I haven't seen that either um that would be a very cool thing to see yeah I need to, I need to check that out. I, I had a really hard time the other day because, I again, I don't know really who aired this thing the other day. I've heard Paramount, MTV. I'm, I'm not really sure. It wasn't my house. Um, but I'm having a hard time finding, like, official clips. There's a lot of fan shot stuff out there, which is terrible. But I, I'm having a hard time finding the stuff that I have missed in an official setting. So I need, I need to be more on the ball when they do the L.A. show. And and just watch that whole thing again. I didn't even know they were televising the whole thing. I knew it was happening. I just didn't know it was going to be on TV. So so they're running back the whole thing again in L.A. Or is it going to be? They're doing an L.A. show. Okay. So I don't know if it's going to be the same people. I'm I'm not real sure about that. Okay. But knowing what they did with London, I'll at least know that it's going to be on TV, and I'll I'll you know I'll allow for that. So yeah, I need I need to check out. I've seen a little bit of the Wolfie. Um, I need to check out the Rush. I need to check out the Them Crooked Vultures. I came in when I can't remember who was playing, so I will stop talking. But it was a couple hours into the show. Okay. So I I, I missed some stuff. Okay. But yeah, it was fantastic. You know, obviously Taylor Hawkins is a huge loss. I'm going to put it out there. If they're looking, if, if I'm sure Foo Fighters will continue. They're not going to do the Led Zeppelin thing and say, no. nope, can't do it. They're they're also not doing the who thing where when John Entwistle died the guys were right back out the next night saying sorry we you know our bass player's gone but there's money to be made. Um, Foo Fighters took this happened what back in March I think we um, were I think it was whenever we were doing our um, Ohio road trip yeah yeah so so yeah, yeah March end of March um so yeah they have taken a, a good appropriate amount of time off. I, I do feel like the Foo Fighters will be back. I don't know if they're just going to get a hired gun to drum on tour when they need to. You know, I could see Dave doing it in the studio and then, you know, finding somebody for the road. I'm going to put my vote out there for Travis Barker because he's never been in a good band. <laughs> so this would be his opportunity. The guy's an incredible drummer. Oh, no, he really is in, in, in it, like an insane drummer as far as... As far as drummers go, I mean, yeah, he's he's one of the the best out there. It is a shame that he's not in 
you'll use the terms good and bad. I'm going to avoid using the terms good and bad. <laughs> That's he, true. Something I, I like or don't like. I should say that. No. Well, it Blink-182 is bad. I don't want to say that they're not bad. But they're not a band that is... They're not in a genre that is very spotlighty on the drums. Where, right. Right, yeah. Because it's a lot of, you know, nonsense. And so... They were a band in the late 90s for 13-year-old girls, and in the late 90s, I was not a 13-year-old girl. So. Yeah, and so it would be interesting to see how he would fare, and you know, and I'm sure if you go to see a Blink-182 show, they do a drum solo, and you're like, wow. You know who else they had out there drumming, who I was unfamiliar with completely? Um, Roger Taylor from Queen. They had his son out there, who looks frighteningly like Taylor Hawkins. And at first, just before I realized who it was, I thought it was Taylor's son because I, I knew that he was going to be there. But then someone was like, no, no, that guy's like 30 years old. Um, but he looked just like Taylor Hawkins. If you're sitting next to your Google machine, just just look up. Um, I think his name was, was uh, oh, God, Justin Taylor, maybe? Roger Taylor's son. Just look up Roger Taylor's son. But all those drummers, first of all, just having a stage full of all those drummers and the different kits and whatnot really made drumming look fun. Drumming is fun. I, I will say drumming is... Because they were all just fun. up there beating the crap out of their kits, and yeah. it, was, it was really fun to watch. Especially, you know, there's a big difference between drumming in a, in a room and drumming on a stage in front of an arena in front of a, right. you know, thousands of people where you're mic'd up and you can, you know, you can literally hit those as hard as you want. If you break one of the heads, well, then... Your drum tech has to fix it, and you're moving on. And so, if you're at that level, <laughs> which they were, I'm yes. sure that night. Oh um, yeah, they were that night. They were that. That was an incredible production. That's yeah. something I would have. They probably had a room full of drum heads. As ready much to, as much fun as it was to 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 just watch the performances, that's something I would have really enjoyed being there live up close to watch the production. Yeah, because I I get into that. You know, when I'm at a live show, I I watch what's going on behind the scenes just as much as I do the regular show. And that that would have been a fun one to see, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll make plans for the L.A. one to make sure we we see it and and watch it and and know what we're talking about more for that one. But if you have a chance to see those clips for the tribute, check it out. There's a lot of good stuff. So I'll just one little thing before we 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 uh, wrap that up. That was over there in England. Yet it seemed to no, that's a lie. It was during. Uh... Because that UFC event was in Paris, and they were kind of running at the same time, so they were in their more local time. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking that it was happening in American local time, and I was like, "Do they just fill up an arena at three a.m.?" Well, in the and, and yeah, and I was I was confused when I walked into that house the other day because whoever was playing, it, it was already dark, and I was like, "Oh, when was this recorded?" Not even putting two and two together that they were yeah. in England, and someone was like, "No, this is live. They're they're in London." I was like, "Oh, yeah, okay, that, that tracks." So. Yeah, so it was it was a little matinee type thing over here. It was. So, all right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Next time we talk, we will have some new music to speak of. We'll have a couple more shows under our belt, kind of out of that baseball Testament players. There's, oh yeah. There's really no nothing after '66 until uh, until the Sotaguchi episode. We'll have to move on to something else. Um. Anyway. I was closing out the show and I'm Jack so, inter- I'm sorry. interrupted me, so now my, my train of thought is lost. Go to our socials, It's the Way of Rock. You can find that on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Go to our website, It's the Way of Rock.com. Click through to the store and save 15% on a t shirt or a hoodie or a tank top. Use the promo code ROCK1, R O C K, all caps, and the number one. So for Jack, this is Jeff, and this has been the Way of Rock Podcast. Thank you.